Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. That's when it got wheels off. We started up and we ain't gonna stop. Oh, I like you, like it not. That's when it got wheels off. Chris Turpin and Stephanie Jean are the band Ida May. They live in Nashville now, but they hail from the UK, which is whence they joined me. They were back visiting their family after a long time away from them during the pandemic, but they're gearing up to go out on the road to push their new record, Click Click Domino. I should point out right now that during the interview, I misidentified the name of the album as Clicking Dominoes because their first album, Chasing Lights, made me think that they had the same OCD gene with which I'm afflicted and that they had to have all their album names line up on a grid. But their new album is called Click Click Domino. I haven't heard all of it, but what I've heard is great. And it drops, I think, July 17th. Don't hold me to that. <laughs> They're great, though. It's the first time I've interviewed more than one person at once. Not going to lie, I was nervous about how it would go, and they were lovely. They couldn't have made it easier, and I'm so glad that I got to speak with them. In a lot of ways, for me, recording Wheels Off interviews is an excuse to go around and make new friends or reconnect with old friends, and in this case, it was the former, and I'm so glad that I've got a couple of new friends, Chris and Stephanie from Ida May. Please enjoy the conversation that we shared across the coasts for Wheels Off. Please welcome Ida May. Welcome to Wheels Off, Ida May, Chris and Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me. Woo! Thank you so much Thanks for having for us. Having us. Uh, for the edification of our listeners, where are you guys right now? We are currently in the wilds of the English countryside. We nice. are just back from Nashville to visit family at the end of the pandemic. So here we are. Does it feel good to be, be able to travel and see family? It, it does. It was nice to get back and see them. Yeah, it had been a while, you know. Yeah, uh, it does feel nice. 
Oh, yeah, I just got to see my mom for the first time, and it was a very moving thing, you know? Oh, that's lovely. It is, yeah. And it also quite a lot of novelty for us coming back from Nashville in America and seeing all the curiosities of the UK again and strange quirks of behaviour. And Yeah, we've got, we're like tourists know. again. I was stopping and taking photos of, like, old walls and things like that. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Um, So... I'm excited about the new record, and that might be the answer to the first question, which is what creative project are you guys working on at the moment, and how is it lighting y'all up? Mm-hmm. Well, we're working, I guess, at two accidentally simultaneously. So our new album, Click Click Domino, is out July 16th. I should know that off the back of my hand. And we've been, we finished that at the, right at the beginning of the pandemic. We recorded in lockdown in Nashville and invited our friends over to make this record. And we didn't plan to self-produce it or make it that way, but the pandemic changed our plans. So here we were. And we've been slowly working on the videos and putting all that out across the last six months. And of course, we started to write the third album already. And we're also now getting to the point where shows are starting to come in. So now we realise we have to start trying to play the songs again. So we've been rehearsing quite a lot as well. Yes, we have. Yeah, that's always a weird time, right? When the new record is finished, usually in the olden days, there would be a four month gap, right? The long lead time for the Vanity Fairs huh. of the world. Um, but you guys got stuck with a solid year gap, right? Uh, you finished the album and now you have to wait to see how the world responds to it. That's that's always nerve wracking. Is it for you? It is nerve wracking, without a doubt. I mean, we made the choice. We just thought, that, you know, this could be the end of the world. Who knows what's going to happen? So let's blow all the money that we have on recording equipment and just record now while things are kind of safe. Also, and we while we, we were and... still, like, we'd just come off tour and our voices were still strong, we were like, we should record now because if we wait and get stressed about the pandemic and the anxiety kicks in and our voices, we should just do it now just while we're stuck. Just stop. <laughs> Don't think about it. Do. So that's what we did. And it took us about, you know, just shy of two months to record and it's actually been fantastic because it's kept us busy right across the pandemic. We were very lucky that we were at the end of our album cycle. I mean, we toured Chasing Lights for a year and a half, two years, just solidly. So, you know, we felt quite lucky that we were in a moment where we were, OK, now you have to go and hibernate. And it just so happened the rest of the world joined us. So, And then across the pandemic, we've been able to slowly feed these songs out. So it's kept us quite busy and mm-hmm. A lot of communication with our fans, which has been nice through social media and just l- slowly feeding, waterfalling the material out. Yeah. You know? So it, the lead time actually uh, has been OK in that respect. Yeah. It's kept us busy. And we've been doing a lot ourselves, like working on videos with friends and I did all the artwork. And so we've we've been surprisingly busy. <laughs> That's so cool. And on top of that, you're writing for the next album already do you like it do the songs feel good are they are they pandemic scary <laughs> i think they're some of the best songs i've ever written actually you, you're doing yeah stuff. we were getting close to a point of burnout i think so we needed to stop anyway and just because we said yes to everything mm-hmm. and playing for free jeans all the way up to you know you know supports yeah the, the position we've worked our way towards now so i think we needed to stop although we still play free jeans every time <laughs> <laughs> So, but we needed to recalibrate a little bit, and also it's just given us time to listen to an awful lot more music and yeah. 
yeah. practice and study a bit more which when you're on the road the kind of level of touring we're at you don't have time you're too busy driving a four-door sedan across you know ohio for the 60th time or something you know. i know it i know it all too well um <laughs> this is the first um wheels off interview i've done and i think this is my, maybe my 82nd or something but they've never been with more than one person and and you guys seem like you're so um you're such a yin yang you know you're so intertwined in so many ways um so but i wonder if we could really talk about the the next things that usually we go to in these interviews which tend to be very individualistic if we could talk about them with regards to collaboration which i think is such a big part of the creative process and obviously you guys are the living embodiment of that um i wonder like when you guys were starting your collaboration was there a moment when you knew we click musically like this is what was meant to be we're going to be making music together for years and years i mean how did that happen well it's kind of an it was an accident we'll be honest we uh i, I was playing my own kind of solo shows and acoustic stuff and a lot of open mic nights and steph was doing more jazz recitals and that sort of thing where this we is about when we were about 19 yeah I think. we met in the city we were studying kind of college university and someone said to me, man, you've got to check out this Stephanie. She's like the female equivalent kind of of, of what you're doing, you know, but better. Thanks, mate. <laughs> and I agreed quickly. So that's what we ended up doing. And we got together and we sung uh, and our voices just clicked. They just blended, I think. Quite easily. And and Steph, that's a lot, a lot of that is on Steph's shoulders because she can harmonise much better than I can. So... I think you were the first person I'd ever sung with, really, as well. Well, yeah, me too. I mean, we were kids, basically. We didn't really think about it too much. And then we joined. We were in a rock band before this band, and we toured all over Europe and um, did that. And we our voices just blended. I remember we had, like, one vocal lesson together at university before we all left and ran off around Europe. Um, <laughs> and the, the teacher was like, oh, your voices have this amazing blend. Like, that's really quite amazing we were like oh great cool thanks yeah. and then we were like never think about it again Just yeah <laughs> and hope that it doesn't disappear no question i think the stranger thing is later on as well it might whether it's not whether it's kind of natural to each of our own individual personalities or because we spent so much time together but we're almost you know 98 percent of the time on the same page when it comes to artwork direction or what is cool in the studio or what is not cool or sounds or bands or records yeah. pretty much the majority of the time, which makes things a lot easier, <laughs> Yeah, you know, which is really, really strange. And I don't know whether that's because we've, like you said, spent so much time together making music since we were very young or just because we're wired that way. I don't know. Or a bit of both. It's, it is odd. Um, what about the song writing? How does that work? Is it collaboration as well? It's main. It's mainly Chris. He'll always be very generous to say I do more than I actually do. Um, but Chris writes all the lyrics, and then he'll bring songs to me, and we'll do arrangements and things like that, won't we? Yeah. So the song is kind of finished, and Steph comes in as an editorial role. She's the director, sort of nice. thing. I don't like this, like this, um, which works quite well. And there's a really. few more on this record that I wrote a little more of. But I used to write, and then I met Chris, and he was so great. I was like, you do that bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the george harrison problem right <laughs> yes yeah well maybe <laughs> okay i really couldn't say but um 
yeah, Steph's a great piano writer. So on this new album, there was a lot more songs that started from piano pieces, which then evolved into me singing melodies that then evolved yeah. into... But all the lyrics are Chris, until I come in and go, that doesn't make sense, what are you talking about? Simplify it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt like there was a lot of keys in the new stuff that I've heard. Like, it's really cool sounding. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Yeah. I, and I wonder how much of that comes as well from having to figure out how to record yourself and produce yourself. And that's kind of impressive that you did that. <laughs> uh, so that's not a question. Um, uh, so, so when I think about what you guys have done in terms of obviously, you know, like so many musicians, like some, like me included, you know, giving up um, proper education and the chance at having a proper job with security. And then in, in, the, in y'all's case, you know, moving across the pond and relocating and traveling around America for all the time you have. I feel like one thing that, that stands out is that you seem very brave, right? Like you seem like you've taken a lot of leaps of faith. And I wonder when it comes to the sort of fears that come up the um, the maybe the second guessing was were these the right choices um the the internally generated obstacles is the thing that that I come back to in these conversations um maybe you're beating yourself up you're telling yourself you're not good enough you know you're playing for blue jeans you know whatever i wonder what have you guys figured out uh as a a, a means to combat that to overcome that I think it's getting harder now in the music industry for everyone to justify, do not justify is the wrong word, but to do what we do just because of you don't get paid very much anymore. And you don't, you know, with Spotify, you don't get any money. So that always that, that fine line between, oh, we're, we're supporting in stadiums, but we don't have the income to show that is always confusing. Yeah. But I think in terms of, the art if you put that aside because that's always I feel like all musicians now unless you're doing super well are always on the edge of being like maybe I should be a teacher (laughs) 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 maybe I should get a job now constantly but in terms of the art I think it's easier for us because there's two of us so we create a sort of bubble um, where we can just focus on what we're doing and we've accepted that we're never going to be particularly commercial and like we don't write to radio or anything, you know, we're very much in our own bubble, which I think yeah. helps in terms of the um, sort of, what's the word I'm trying to find? Well, I think as well, we were just very, very lucky and that we started when we were much younger, when the record industry had a bit more money still. So our early deals, we signed to, you know, major labels and we traveled and we worked in big studios with big producers. And we just had this incredible experience we didn't necessarily recoup or have many fans at the end of it, but we had that kind of introduction to this can be the music industry. And it also kind of cracked up, cracked open the world for us coming from a, you know, relatively working class background and, you know, being able to travel the world and see all that was just, okay, this is pretty serious. And, and we've always managed to make kind of ends meet in what we do. And I think like Steph said, because, we've always been quite, we were never trying to make commercial records ever. And we were lucky to, to be signed by a and men that appreciated that and saw that and valued that. I think it's harder, much, much harder now to do that and to create your own way. And I think as well, you know, further, I mean, creatively further on in our careers, meeting Ethan Johns, who was a producer on the first album, 
always uh, I think kind of artistically and in our kind of I don't know creative uh, mode you know modus operandi like how we operate you know was important because he doesn't he he was very you know he doesn't care about the industry he doesn't care about profit margins he cares about it being really really good and again like the kind of self-protectionism thing that Steph was talking about because there's two of us if we think it's good and we really really care about it we don't really care what anyone else thinks I mean we're going to be very very honest there in that respect we're making music for ourselves and that hopefully in a kind of more classic songwriting and, and genre form that it's it's relatively lasting and doesn't date or age um i mean we almost tried to chase trains with um once with a, with another record company and, and and write to an a&r man's taste and it was you end up diluting what you do so much that it's not valuable to you and it's not valuable to them and and you kind of lose the initial moment why you were signed and they were interested in you and why you started writing in the first place so in that respect we're quite hardy um Mm. And we've been signed and bona fide and, and played with enough people that we, you know. Uh, yeah, I think we, we think we're all we right always now. doubt everything. Yeah. We always doubt everything, but we've played with enough of our own heroes. And even working with Ethan, we've always loved his records. And the fact that he wanted to make our record gave us some confidence in that actually, you know, even though you might not be rich and playing, selling out, whatever, what you're doing is of a certain quality and you should keep doing that. Standard you know, value, we've had enough yeah. people we respect tell us they like it and they think it's good to just about keep keep on that train and um, in terms of i was just about to start, i was just about to say about being on the road as well again i think and because of all of that we just assumed everything would be okay and we have been quite brave in terms of the travel on our own you know and that sort of thing and just saying yes to everything but that was kind of part of well my you know teenage dream the Carowacks and Raymond Carvers and stuff and the traveling it was just kind of felt like okay this is where we're supposed to be and this is what we're supposed to be doing so again we didn't really question it or think about it brave or stupid I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> afterwards yeah it's funny how much it comes up the idea that if you create your art um in a calculated manner to try and make someone your A&R guy, for instance, happy or the charts or the programmers, or it seems like that is a recipe for failure, right? Because it's going to inevitably stink of the desperation that went into its creation. And but I love hearing your description of it. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I wonder if it's true that, um, you know, when you say we've we've resigned ourselves to the idea that it's never going to be whatever, like there, nobody's giant anymore. I mean, who's giant? Isbel? No. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. But even even Jason, like I could find probably I live in New York. I could find seven out of 10 people who don't know who he is. And he's as big as it gets in our world. Yeah. My sense, sorry, I'm going to give you just a little attaboy. My sense is that people love uh, uh, Chasing Lights and the Clicking Dominoes, the new record, is is so great. And I just don't see any reason why it can't be the record that breaks through. And, and you know, there's no, what does it take? A song on a soundtrack? Uh, you know, one late night appearance where you smash a guitar i don't know whatever it takes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's true. there's no reason that it can't be you guys and i just i think you're great that's fantastic oh thank oh, you very thank much you. thank you 
Um, so I kind of like the fact that you guys are back in the UK right now, surrounded by, you know, your the environs of your youth and the ghosts of your youth. Um, because these these interviews always wrap up for me in a place where I want you to imagine um, running into a 21-year-old version of yourself. Although at that point, you would already be working together. So maybe it's perfect. <laughs> So if you were to if you were to run into a twenty one year old version of yourself in today's world though um, in twenty twenty one, what advice might you give yourself? And maybe for this one, if you don't mind, if if you could just each answer answer individually, don't hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> don't, him. don't say yes. <laughs> hmm. Twenty one. Do you want to go? I'm I'm not entirely sure what I would say to myself. I don't think myself would have listened is <laughs> the other issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I'd have probably told myself to buy a couple less guitars and to buy the good ones. Maybe something like that. <laughs> Life advice from Chris. <laughs> yeah, mainly guitar-based. Quality over quantity. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think I would have told myself, well, I think I would tell myself what I always would tell myself anyway, which is to stop worrying about everything. <laughs> stop worrying about everything. But then maybe telling my 21 self maybe to worry a little bit more about certain things. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really difficult question because difficult pretty question. much we've been operating in the same way since we were 21. <laughs> what, does that, what does that say? So what does that say? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I would tell myself not to be at that point though, I think I would tell myself not to be fooled by the um grandeur of a free dinner. Yeah, and, you know. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. I think. It was probably something along those lines. Because I mean at twenty one, we were probably putting out our first or second album. Probably our first album. And we were just like, right, fame and fortune beckons. <laughs> this we're is gonna it. Be rich. We're gonna be famous, we're gonna be muffins. <laughs> This is it. See you later. Nice knowing you. Yeah, so maybe don't believe the hype. Also, probably don't believe the hype. Uh, I think that probably would have been it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's the main. Really tricky. That's a really tricky question because we haven't really grown up. We kind of we're, we're always <laughs> on the edge, but we we still realise we're very much Peter Pan like in that respect. Oh, well. <laughs> Aren't we all? That's our job, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I, lo I love that smack in the middle of a massive promo junket for your new album, your main message is don't believe the hype. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Management yeah. will be over the moon. Yeah, it'll be over the moon. <laughs> We've nailed it again. It's so. <laughs> so um, British it's stoicism. It's very English as well, isn't it? <laughs> I hope you like the record. I'm sorry if you think it's shit. <laughs> But I really don't care anyway. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, I love it. Well, man, you guys are so great. And I feel really grateful that I got to speak with you. And I can't wait till maybe we can share a festival stage or something. Um, our paths will cross soon, I hope. Absolutely. I really hope I so. Hope so. Yeah. And thank you so much for having us and yeah. hanging out. And asking us good questions that we don't have answers for. Yeah. <laughs> no, you did great. You answered perfectly. All right. Well, Chris and Stephanie, thank you guys so much. Have, good luck with the new record. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so us. much. <laughs>
As the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.